Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Talking. I do hope you're all keeping safe and keeping well and enjoying the podcast so far. The response honestly has been brilliant so thank you all that have been listening and sharing and commenting away on Spotify, Instagram or wherever it may be. It does really mean a great deal so thank you. Now I'm really excited for you all to hear this episode today. I was joined by today's guest Athena Crilly a few weeks back and it was a great conversation. Athena battled an eating disorder for over seven years and speaks in depth about her experience and her recovery. Athena does speak quite openly and honest about her experience of a serious illness, so please be aware that you may find parts distressing. She has also some great ways you can adopt a positive mindset and an outlook on life, so I do really hope you enjoy the episode. So, grab a cup of tea, tell your friend to listen to, or just sit back and relax. Let's get talking with Afina Krilly. Hello and a warm welcome back to Let's Get Talking for yet another guest episode. And I'm really excited by um, this one today, ever since it's been arranged. So a very warm welcome to Athena. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you for having me on. I'm amazing. <laughs> Good. Well, that's a, a great positive start. Um today um now obviously we've been speaking a little bit in the run-up to this conversation and i've got to know your incredible journey it's really powerful it's really inspiring and obviously that's why i wanted to get you on the on the podcast and and the positivity that you offer on your own podcast as well and on your social media that we'll talk about a little bit about later but i've let the listeners know obviously on my own social media a little bit about you but could you expand a little sort of on on who you are and on your journey yeah of course so i guess i'll start by kind of introducing myself a little bit so I am also a fellow podcaster I have a podcast called Finding My Fit which is focused mainly around health and fitness but I also do cover a lot about mental health and self-love because that is also something that I'm super passionate about so when it comes to my journey so those of you who might have looked at my social medias um, would know that I do talk a lot about my past with an eating disorder. So I suffered with anorexia from the ages of 13 up to 20. So for about seven years. So I've been pretty much fully recovered now for five years, which is so, so amazing for me to say, because there was once a time when I thought I would never, ever recover from my illness. And it's, it definitely, it definitely kind of, destroyed my life for a good seven years to to put it quite bluntly um so it's something that I'm super passionate about now to share my story to try and help others who might be going through the same thing or to help people who are close to somebody that's going through the same thing so that they can support them through it because eating disorders I do feel like they're very misunderstood or a lot of people kind of think they're not very serious um, when in reality they are actually the biggest mental health killer so yeah that's yeah a definitely bit about me. no that's brilliant I think um, and uh, to be honest that was the main reason obviously why I reached out to you and why I wanted you on the show because I think there is definitely like you said a um, I think I think nowadays with with things like Instagram and, and social media um, I, I know that there's a lot of sort of uh, recovery accounts and, and people that put their story out there which is obviously brilliant but I know especially in the past few years eating disorders especially is something that's really misunderstood as you said and there's not a lot I don't think 
of sort of um, knowledge in people that haven't obviously experienced it, what, what it's really like. So it's going to be brilliant to hear your um, your journey. Um, and before we even start, just thanks for obviously for sharing that. So as you mentioned, you're obviously very busy yourself. You've got your own podcast, um, your Instagram. I know you've got your YouTube channel and all the other things that you do. But if we can go back to the sort of the start of your journey, as you said, obviously then around sort of when you were 13 and, and that eating disorder sort of, as you said, as you said, very honestly, sort of started to take over your life. What were the sort of the early, early signs of, or the warning signs, if you like, of, of that becoming a thing that would can control your life? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, when I was about 12, I would say when I was like 10, 11, 12, that was really when I remember the first thoughts about the way I looked and my body kind of came into my head because before then I'd you know I was a kid I never really thought about that kind of thing so I always remember you know looking at celebrities and watching music videos and looking at their bodies and thinking oh like they have such good bodies why does mine not look like that and at the age of 12 I wasn't I wasn't fat I wasn't I would say I was maybe slightly overweight for my age but I wasn't really you know it was nothing it wasn't a problem um and I remember thinking it when I was 12 oh I want to lose a bit of weight I want to lose a bit of the fat that is on my body and so I bought one of those I don't think these are a thing anymore but it was called the Wii Fit I don't know whether you remember those yeah yeah I definitely yeah it was a big thing um back in what was this 2009 so yeah, I bought one of those and I started using that and I would go on that every day just to do like a bit of exercise. And at the same time, I I started to reduce the amount that I was eating. So I'd just cut out a few snacks and reduce my portions and that kind of thing. So it was all kind of pretty healthy at the start. You know, I was just doing the things that people do to lose a bit of weight. Um, and I don't know whether this is because of my personality because I'm very much when I have my head on some like when I've set my mind to something and I have my head in something like I kind of do it to the best of my abilities and I get a little bit like obsessive about it and that's definitely what happened with exercise and the food restriction it just got to the point where I was exercising more and more I was restricting more and more and it was at the point where it was kind of a compulsion where every day I had to exercise. And if I ate, you know, the less I ate, the better. And it made me feel really accomplished. And I was seeing the the fat, you know, reducing my body. I was seeing the weight loss and it felt really good. And it did get to the point around, so I lost around three and a half stone in about three months um, in the summer of 2009. So when I went back to school in the September, my mum was like, you need to go and see a doctor because at this point it was pretty obvious to the people around me that I had a bit of an obsession when it came to food and exercise and I was losing weight more and more and becoming unhealthily um, thin. So she kind of forced me to go and see the doctor and it really just started from there. Um, and I was diagnosed and um, I was diagnosed the day that um, I first saw the doctor and sent into hospital the day after. 
So with obviously, like you said, in that before you went back to school and you had lost all of that weight and obviously your mum and other people were starting to obviously pick up on it and and getting you to to seek help. Did you, were you aware that obviously it's difficult thinking back to that time, obviously it was a while ago, but were you aware of sort of what was happening to you or was it only when you went obviously and seek that help you, it sort of hit home that what was going on if that makes sense yeah that definitely makes sense it's I honestly it's so long ago now I can't fully remember my kind of thought processes throughout like the very beginning of my illness I I mean I knew I didn't know anything about eating disorders before then because I'd never known anybody to have one I'd never had one you know no one in my family had had one but I do I I know that I knew I had a problem I knew that I was obsessed with restricting and exercising and I, I, I guess I, I knew it was a problem but at the same time I didn't really think it would ever become like my whole life I didn't realize that it would be a problem and an illness that I'd be stuck with for years and years to come yeah of course and like we like you touched on right at the start people might not re- fully understand sort of the the true battle it is with it with an eating disorder and I suppose you don't actually obviously understand the true battle until you've experienced it yourself but obviously from that moment you were you were diagnosed and like you say admitted to hospital and then the years and the, well, the months and the years that followed then what I was wondering if you could just give I suppose people an insight into to what that battle was truly like fighting something that obviously like you said to you right at the beginning it seemed like exercise and it seemed just like restricting obviously food but then obviously that developed into a obviously a serious illness so what was that battle like over those following sort of months and years and the support I suppose that you received I know I spoke a little bit about social media now and how there's a lot of sort of support out there but um, this is me presuming but I'm guessing that many years ago was that was there amount of support there or was it sort of doctors and hospital and that was about it um yeah I I mean when it comes to any eating disorder it quite well I guess I can almost uh, speak from my personal experience but I I've known a lot of other people that have had anorexia and it honestly takes over every second of your life it's not like it's not like the thoughts and the kind of negativity comes when you're eating something or when you're exercising it's there all the time and a lot of the time with anorexics they also suffer with depression anxiety OCD maybe PTSD if um, their eating disorder has been triggered by some kind of trauma so it's it's not really just about food and exercise it's not just about that it's it encompasses every part of your life and for me I completely lost who I was. I was depressed. I didn't want to live anymore because every second of the day to me just felt like torture. Like life just really was so unenjoyable. And I just felt like I was never going to get out of this eating disorder. And it's, yeah, it's just like, it's just like heartbreaking to think about the people that have to go through that because like it honestly just destroys your life. And I, I don't really know like what better way to put it because you lose all your friends, you lose your personality, you have no energy to do anything. You just kind of isolate yourself. Um, And that's definitely what I did. 
but when it comes to the support so of course I had my amazing parents who have been so supportive throughout all of it um I my friends probably because of the age when you're in high well when you're in secondary school like no one no one really no one really understands things very well so my friends kind of just didn't really bother with me too much so um I didn't really have much support when it came to my friends um I was going through treatment seeing the doctor weekly or monthly um and of course like going in and out of hospital and having the odd kind of therapy session here and there um so I did have the support from the doctors but the only thing is I mean when you see when you're going to see a doctor for like one hour every week or every month it's really not going to make that much of a difference to your eating disorder because for that one hour of the month like you just talk about how you feel and then you go home and you just carry on doing what you're doing so when it came to the support outside of the hospitals it wasn't amazing um but I do understand of course like the NHS is very busy and they have a lot of people to see so the maximum support I could get really was that one hour every week yeah of course I think you, for you to obviously like you said there to open up a little bit and say that the, the as you said the best way to describe it is that it, it does destroy your life I think that's going to be really powerful to for people to hear that might not know too much about an eating disorder but if we sort of come through that journey a little bit I know that one thing that's come from it is obviously the book that you've you've put together about your journey and and correct me if I'm wrong but I think the details of your journey are in the book and it shares you sort of your honest stories about you at your darkest times how was that process of sort of self-reflection on like you said such a heartbreaking time yeah so thank you for mentioning my book yeah it's it released um about what about five months ago now and yeah I'm really really proud of it um it's something that I've I wanted to write a book even when I was about 14 or 15 and I was going through I was right in the middle of my eating disorder and I remember reading a very similar book of a girl who had recovered from anorexia herself and written a book about it and I remember when I was reading that thinking if if I ever fully recover from this eating disorder then I want to write about my story I want to inspire people like this book inspired me when I was 14 or 15. So um, in 2019, I was like, I've been recovered for, for about four or five years now. I think now's the time maybe I can start writing about my journey. So I pulled out all the old diaries that I kept because I wrote extensively throughout my teenage years. I wrote a lot of, like I journaled a lot. Um, so I pulled all of those out and I guess I sort of used those to kind of piece together my story and um I took like inserts of my actual diary and I wrote them word for word into my book because I felt like reading through my journals really hit home on how I was feeling at the time and these these were literal words that I wrote at the time so I can't I thought there's no point me rewording them now I may as well use the exact wording that I used when I was in my darkest place to really convey the raw emotion so I definitely wanted to make sure that um that that emotion really came through in my book um and ultimately I really hope that it inspires people who are currently suffering that they can fully recover just like I did but also 
if you are close to somebody who's suffering or you're supporting someone who's suffering I also wanted this book to help those people to show them how they can support the sufferer yeah definitely I think um it's definitely something that we can as you said only promote if it's such an inspiring story and like you said it can also help people that are supporting people going through through something like that so guys if you're listening make sure you do obviously check out Athena's Instagram and all of her social media and I'm, I'm sure the book's available on Amazon I believe yeah it's um, Amazon either as a paperback or a Kindle and if you just either search my name or if you search the title which is Diaries of an Anorexic a Recovery Journey and uh, then it should pop up brilliant okay awesome so I know you've spoken a lot obviously um, potentially in that book but from what I've seen on social media and, and your different channels that you have a lot about recovery and how people can start their own journey so I know um, when this episode goes out and obviously we put it on our social media there might be people that are experiencing an eating disorder or like you said supporting someone through that if there are those people listening what would you sort of say in those dark times what would you say to them in terms of how they can start their own journey or what the turning point might might be or their inspiration to start that yeah definitely I mean when it comes to recovery it's so it's not going to be a linear path and it's so different for everybody and for some people it takes months for some people it takes years for some people they never fully recover so it is a really difficult kind of there's not kind of like a one-size-fits-all when it comes to recovery for me, I do think that my true recovery really started when I had built a support network around me. I just moved to university. I got my first boyfriend. I was making new friends. I was studying a subject that I really enjoyed. And all of those things combined really just gave me hope and gave me happiness. And it definitely made it a lot easier to finally start that recovery. And my focus really shifted from food and exercise to being with my friends to studying going out and just having fun and I think that is a really key thing something that I would tell anybody who asks me how do I recover I say try and build that support network find people that truly care about you look to your friends and family and try and open up to them it's very difficult when you are in an eating disorder to actually open up about how you feel because you're kind of scared I remember when I was when I was going through my illness I wouldn't want to open up to my parents because I was scared that they would then send me to the hospital or they would um, think I was way worse and I was I needed more treatment because I didn't want more treatment at the time because I knew that that meant I would have to eat more or I'd have to stop exercising. So I understand for those going through anorexia, it's very difficult to open up. But honestly, that can be one of the best things you can do because the people around you have your best interest in their hearts and they will do everything they can to help you through that recovery. Um, so I would definitely say kind of building that support network um, is really, really key. Yeah, I think it's such an important message. I, I work with a lot of young people myself and whatever experiences they're going through, the main message is always build that support network, like you say, and, and open up. And um, that was pretty much the main reason behind this podcast was to just get the conversation going and get people talking. It's such a it's such a powerful thing. But I think sometimes people take for granted and obviously 
even if it's just a small conversation like you said with a friend or whoever it may be then they can they can really help you so I think that's a a really powerful message one thing that I was um interested in when looking at sort of your recent um episodes of your own podcast and the conversations that you've had was your idea of sort of finding your own form of uh, therapy I know you've spoken about things that you can do in your daily life just to sort of shift your mindset and move forward I know there's a lot of people that um listen to listen to my podcast and they're always asking about just different things that you can do simple things in, in terms of shifting their mindset what would you say to for someone that's been through such a such a serious illness and, and has now sort of come out on the other side and and seems really positive and successful what would you say that the things that you've relied on in the past or even now that help sort of give you give you that positive mindset and that positive outlook what sort of things do you do each day I suppose that that help you with that yeah so I think when I mean of course everyone will have their down days and everybody will feel a little bit you know down some days but I think when those days come around there are definitely things that you can do to make yourself feel a bit more positive and I think one thing that I'm definitely trying to do every day, I mean, I would say I do it probably about 90% of the time. Some days I forget, but I'm trying to do it every day is um, writing and reading positive affirmations. So just things like I am loved, I am creative, I am thoughtful. um, Today is a good day. Those are just some random examples, but, and they sound a bit silly and a bit airy fairy when you say them or when you write them down. But then over time, the more you do it, the less silly you feel. And I truly believe that the way you speak to yourself really matters. And the way that you view yourself is the way that other people view you. So if you think that you are worthless and pointless and everything is depressing, then you kind of create that reality for yourself and that will spread to the people around you. So I'm really trying to think more positively by doing these affirmations and putting that positivity out to the universe and out to other people. On the same kind of note, I do think journaling is really helpful when it comes to kind of making your own um, therapy session. So if you have a lot of thoughts going around in your head, if you're feeling really down, just getting it out on paper or even typing it onto a Word document, it really helps to clear your head. And that's definitely something I would recommend to people, especially in times where they feel very overwhelmed, just getting it all out there, just kind of brain dumping your thoughts. And a final tip would be to exercise, of course, in a healthy way, whether that's going for a walk outside or if you have like a dog, um, take your dog for a walk to the park, meet a friend, um, go and get a coffee with them, just kind of getting outside and getting that fresh air and getting that gentle exercise is also a really, really good way to clear your head. Yeah, I think they're such um, s- simple, simple things to do. And it, like, like we said, going out for a walk, for example, but I know from personal experience, when you're having a day where you think, oh, things aren't going right, or I can't do that piece of work today, and you're just feeling sort of like you say, having that down day, even a simple sort of 20 minute walk can really... Um, change your mindset and just make you feel a a lot a lot better about yourself and on that note of feeling better about yourself I know you mentioned right at the start of the conversation about how important self-love is is to you and I've had this conversation with previous uh, previous guests and also on 
social media and some of the things that we put out but how how important is self-love in terms of like you say developing that positivity and and moving forward would you say oh I think it's so I think it's central to any kind of moving forward you have to learn to love yourself and where you are now to then move forward I feel like we're constantly especially in today's day and age we're constantly kind of thinking about the future thinking about what we need to do thinking about where we want to be instead of thinking about where we are now and focusing on how we feel right here and now so I think that's so so important to do it's very difficult it sounds really easy to do but it's not and that is where I think these kind of affirmations really come in handy to to grow that self-love yeah definitely I think the positive affirmations is something that even I'm going to take away from from this conversation it's like you said it, it can sound a bit silly but even just writing down like you say I am loved or I'm respected or whatever it may be it can really help with that mindset and I suppose like I've mentioned there might be people listening to this that have been through a similar uh, serious illness to, to what you've spoken about um, in this conversation or might be going through something different but if you look back on all of that time from like you said when you were around sort of 12 all the way through to, to the journey where it is now if you look back on sort of your 12 or your 13 year old self and you had knowing that things can get better and things can get improved what what message would you send back to your sort of past self if you like oh that's a tough one I think hmm I think I would probably I think I would probably literally just say that things do get better I always remember painting you know like you can get the little canvases that you can paint on yeah I always remember painting a little quote that just it just came into my head one day when I was like I think I was in hospital at the time and it was blue skies are coming and it basically means that although the skies are stormy right now it feels like the skies are raining on you and everything is dark and gloomy a blue sky will eventually come and the sun will come out and to me that kind of symbolized you know the stormy journey of recovery you eventually get to the other side where you're recovered and the blue skies are there so I I think I'd probably just tell myself that quote blue skies are coming yeah I think for someone for someone that said it was a tough question that's a brilliant answer I think the blue skies are coming can be so relative to like you said to anything whether it's something that you that like you experienced or even just something I know a lot of people are speaking obviously about the pandemic at the moment and wondering when things will end or get back to normal so having that message of blue skies are, are coming and stormy times will end is brilliant so um every every sort of episode that I do I ask a guest or I say myself um a little feature on the podcast is called trip of the week now the message behind trip of the week is is to show that we're all sort of human and no matter what happens mistakes are, are completely uh, normal and it's all right to sort of fall over if you like but if you can look back on sort of the week that you've had or the past couple of weeks what would you say your trip of the week is maybe something that hasn't gone to plan or something that's not gone quite right I suppose yeah I think well I don't know whether this is the kind of answer you wanted but I recorded a my own podcast um collab the other day and we got through the whole the literally the whole recording we were sat there for about half an hour 40 minutes 
um, and we were about to say goodbye and I was like oh my god I didn't press record <laughs> and we'd done basically the whole episode and I didn't record it and you know when your heart just sinks yeah. and I was like oh my god and I had to say to the girl I was like I'm so sorry but I haven't recorded any of this and I think she was a bit like oh my god we've got to do it all again um so we had to like reschedule and that's not the first time that I've forgotten to record I just think I'm very I'm a bit all over the place sometimes and I just completely forget to do the basic things like press the record button so that was probably the, the biggest mistake of the week <laughs> I lit as you were saying that I literally checked the the computer that I'm working off to check that I had a uh, press record and I, I've got a little post-it note on my desk every time that says <laughs> press record I'm quite new to the podcast world and over zoom and things like that so it's yeah press record definitely so if there's any podcasters that are listening make sure you take that message just check that you've recorded but I'm sure it'd be a great episode when you do record it again um yeah I think I think that I think that's a brilliant way to to finish today I I can only say thank you for sharing your story and how honest you were with it obviously we spoke about the book guys make sure you do go and check that out um on on Amazon like Athena said and on her Instagram and everything like that um, it could really benefit you. It could really inspire you. And hopefully this conversation has. Athena, you've been brilliant. Um, before we go, I, I suppose, just let people know where they can find your podcast, find your social media if they need that sort of positivity and that and that extra guidance. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really fun. So if they want to find my podcast, it's just Finding My Fit. And it's available on pretty much every major podcast platform. So Spotify, Apple, Google, all of that good stuff and um, my instagram i have two because i have one for my personal which is just my name athena crilly and i have my podcast instagram which is finding my fit podcast and um, i also have a youtube and a tiktok which again are both just my name athena crilly um so yeah that's pretty much where everyone can find me brilliant and uh, i follow athena's um tiktok so make sure you check that out i'm probably going to ask you some tips at some point because i'm trying but i'm not very good at tiktok so maybe we can chat about that in the future but again thanks for your time today um wishing you all the best and and hopefully we can catch up again soon amazing thank you there it is everyone another episode and another great guest big thank you again to athena for joining me on the show as she said please check her out on social media her own podcast finding my fit and don't forget to search for a book on amazon you can just pop her name into the search area and i'm sure you'll find it as always guys keep listening keep sharing and most importantly keep talking mental health is so important and let's get it to the forefront of every conversation together i'm tom that was let's get talking and i'll see you next time